All right, while y'all are here, turn your Bible to the book of Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13 for our thoughts this morning. Mark chapter 13. <coughs> All right, beginning in verse 14. But when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand. Then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. And let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of his house. And let him that is in the field not turn back again for to take up his garment. But woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. And pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. For in those days shall be affliction such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, and neither shall be. And except the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake whom he has chosen. He has shortened the days. And then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, Believe him not, for false Christs and false prophets shall rise and show signs and wonders to seduce. If it were possible, even the elect. But take heed, behold, I have foretold you all things. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people and to share your word this morning. Father, open our hearts and our ears to your truth. May our eyes see, Lord, from your word, what you're trying to tell us through this passage. Pray you'll give me the words to say and bring to my memory those things I've studied. Let me share your gospel in a manner which everybody can understand, Lord. And I pray that uh, I'll preach it with boldness and authority as you lead. Pray for those requests that have been spoken this morning, those that are unspoken. We just lay them before you and just ask that your will be done. Thank you for those that have gathered this morning. Be with those that's not able to be with us today, Lord. And again, Lord, thank you for your mighty word. May we apply it to our lives and be more fruitful as servants. These things we ask in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, your dear Son. Amen. All right. As Jesus is teaching here in Mark 13, this chapter, he's telling us about a time that's going to take place on the earth called the tribulation. Now, I want you to understand where I started. It's in the middle part of the tribulation. The first three and a half years, the Antichrist is going to come in on the scene and he's going to sign a peace treaty with Israel. And for the first three and a half years, there's going to be peace on earth. Everything is going to flourish, but in the midway of that three and a half, or seven years, excuse me, at three and a half years, I'll wake up here in a minute, uh, the Antichrist is going to desecrate the temple of God, and it's called the abomination of desolation. But I want you to understand, there is coming a tribulation. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 30, it's called the day of Jacob's trouble. That's over in 30, I think, verse 6, verse 7. 
But that's when God pours out His wrath on the world. Now understand, if you are saved, you have nothing to worry about. I'm not worried about the tribulation whatsoever because I, because I've trusted Jesus, and I hope you've trusted Jesus, we've been delivered from the wrath to come, Brother Cyril, so there's nothing for us to be afraid of. But I'm going to tell you, if you're one of those sitting in this church and you have made a false profession of faith, and what I mean is you came up here, shook my hand, and I dunked you in the water, and you think, well, I'm good with God. No, those things don't get you to heaven. A personal relationship is the only thing that gets you to heaven. A personal relationship with who? Jesus Christ. You must be born again. Now, if you're one of those that's made a false profession, and the Lord returns and takes His church out of here, and you're left behind, Jesus is talking to his disciples about that terrible time. And he's talking about the abomination of desolation. And let's go ahead and say it. He's referring to the Jews here. You know, there's two reasons why the tribulation. One, for God to judge the Gentile nations because for thousands and thousands of years, they have rejected God's only begotten Son and lived in sin, done as they pleased, and now payday has come. And he will pour out his wrath. That's reason number one. But also, he is allowing the tribulation to take place to get a remnant of Jews saved so that when Jesus comes back, his second coming, and he comes to the earth to start his millennial reign of Christ, there will be Jews there, a remnant that will be saved that will welcome him as he comes into his kingdom. That's the true reason for the tribulation. But the Bible tells us when you shall see the abomination of desolation, and by the way, it speaks of that in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9. So turn your Bibles over there real quick. Daniel chapter 9, and we're just going to glance for a few minutes, and then we'll go to 2 Thessalonians. Daniel chapter 9, look at verse 24. It says, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint, anoint excuse me, the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks, three score and two weeks, the street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, and the people of the prince shall come, 
shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end shall be with a flood, and unto the end of war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice to oblation to cease. And for over and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now understand, real quick, we're talking about time here. Seventy weeks. Understand, Roman Jewish calendar, there was a period of 70 weeks, which is seven days. Those seven days represent a year, okay? So, what is seven times 70? 490 years, correct? Now, 69 weeks, I want you to understand, that's 483 years have already been fulfilled. We're waiting on that one week to make it 490. Understand, they began keeping time, as we read here in Daniel, they began keeping time over in Ezra when the Persian king, I can't think, say his name. He was the king of the Persian, Artaxerxes, thank you. Uh, He commanded them to rebuild Jerusalem. And from that time till 69 weeks, till the Savior, the Lamb, the Messiah was cut off, which means he went to the cross and he died for our sins, 483 years were fulfilled, 69 weeks. Everybody understands that, right? Fulfilled. Now we're waiting for that one week. Well, guess when that one week is? It's during the tribulation, the seven years. Tribulation will last seven years. In the middle of it, the Antichrist, who is going to sign a peace treaty with Israel, Everything's going to flourish. Everybody's just going to be all about him. And then he's going to break the treaty. And he's going to go into the temple. By the way, there's got to be a temple. He's going to go into the temple. And he's going to declare that he is God. And he's going to command all of Israel, in fact the whole world, to worship him. And that's when stuff is going to break loose. I'm thankful I ain't going to be around to see that nonsense. Amen. How about you this morning? We don't have to worry about that. Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians real quick. We'll go back to our text. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by his gathering together unto, to our gathering together unto him. Oh boy, aren't you all waiting for that? Our gathering together, the rapture is going to take place and we're going to be gathered to our Lord. That you may not soon, be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled 
neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us so as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Well, I would say there's a lot of falling away today. And that man of sin be revealed, the son, the son of perdition. Who is that? That's the Antichrist. Who opposes and notice exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Now the abomination of desolation or the abomination of defilement, because that's what it is. That the Antichrist is going to defile the temple. Now, this isn't the first time that the temple has been defiled. Epiphanies, way, way back, even before Christ came into the world, he went into the temple. You see, he wanted the Jews or the Israelites to become like the Greeks. And he took away their ability to circumcise their male-born children. He took away their ability to offer sacrifices. I mean, he was a bad guy. He went into the temple and sacrificed a hog or a pig, which is defilement. He defiled the temple. Not only did he do that on the altar, the Holy of Holies, but he also allowed a brothel to be set up in the temple. So the temple was defiled and the Jews had nothing to do with the temple as long as he was in charge. But thank the Lord, he got defeated. But that's only one of the times that the temple was defiled. Now there's other instances of the temple being defiled. But this is the abomination of desolation that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples concerning the Jews. As I said earlier, there's two reasons for it. Gentile, those that have rejected Christ throughout the ages, and also to get a remnant of Jews saved to welcome him in to the, his millennial reign. So there's only going to be a remnant though. You don't want to be around. It's what I'm trying to get across to you. If you are left behind because you left Jesus out of your heart, you rejected him as your Savior, if you're living when the church is raptured out, you're going to be left to go through this. And it's not going to be easy. In fact, you're probably not going to survive physically spiritually you are going to die spiritual death and spend eternity in hell amen now go back to our text a little background now back over in mark 13 notice what jesus is saying mark chapter 13 And when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where he ought not, let him that readeth understand. Then let them that be in Judea, 
speaking of the Jews, flee to the mountains. And let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein, to take anything out of his house. Jesus is saying to those left behind, the Jews, that when the abomination of desolation takes place, that's the sign, flee. Don't even take the time to go into the house and gather things up. You take off because your life is going to depend on that. Think about it. You say, well, how are they going to get down off the roof? Understand those homes back then had a roof, uh, I'm sorry, a ladder to the roof. And they used to entertain up on the roof have dinners on the roof. Uh, If you've ever been over there in the summertime, it gets warm. You want to be on the roof. You want to be up. So it's a little cooler. But he's telling them, you flee, you get away, because if you don't, you're going to perish. Why? Because if you don't bow to the Antichrist, you're going to die. He's coming after you. And that's what Jesus is telling disciples about Israel here. Notice what else it says. And let him that is in the field not turn back again for to take up his garment. Again, he's warning them when this takes place, get out of there. Don't even leave the road you're working on in the field and run to the end of it and grab your coat, your garment. No, no, take off and flee. Get out of there. And then notice what he says. But woe to them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, and pray ye that your flight be not in winter. To those Jewish women that are pregnant with children, with child, and those that have had children that are young, that are still being nursed, he's warning them, To flee. And he says, pray. That is not in the winter. And it's hard to believe in the Middle East. You don't think of snow. You don't think of it being cold. Listen to me. They have winter there just like we do. And he's saying, don't take garments. Don't take any provisions. Get gone. Why? Because the Antichrist... Is coming after the Jews to exterminate them. Now, notice verse 19. We'll spend a little time in this verse. For in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. Notice again. Affliction as this world has never seen. Turn your Bibles to the book of Revelation, and we're going to begin in chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. And we're going to look at what is called the trumpet judgments. It 
there's two. There's the trumpet judgments and the vial or bowl judgments, which God will pour out upon the earth during the tribulation. And when he does this, it will be the second half of the tribulation, the last three and a half years. Understand this morning, you don't want to be there. You think we've seen some bad stuff in our lifetime that's taking place on the earth? Sure we have. But he says what's going to take place during the tribulation is going to be such as the world has never, ever seen. So let's begin in chapter 8. Verse 2, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets, the trumpet judgments. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And before I go any further, just let me say this. There will be a period of time, according to the scriptures in the book of Revelation, that there will be silence in heaven. And I believe with all my heart the reason that there will be silence in heaven is what is fixing to take place when God pours out his judgment, his trumpet judgments, his vile or bold judgments, is going to be so bad that all of the saints in heaven are going to be silently praying because of that which is about to take place. Now, continue reading. The angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. Look at the first trumpet judgment. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees were burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. Think about that. A third of the vegetation on the earth will be gone. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire, and was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Think about that. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. I personally believe it's a meteor. Do I know 100%? No, but I believe it's like a meteor that comes falls into the ocean and whatnot, and there will be a lack of water. There will be drought like we've never, ever seen. Think about that for a second. 
Notice, and the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise, darkness on the earth. I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet and of the three angels which are yet to come. Notice an angel in heaven flying over saying, Woe, woe, and woe. Three times. Why? We're fixing to see even worse what's already taking place. Chapter 9. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, nor neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death. And shall not find it. And shall desire to die. And death shall flee from them. Understand. This trumpet judgment deals with demons from the pit of hell being released to torment men for five months. And men will cry out to die. And as the word tells us, and death shall flee from them. Even if they try to commit suicide, they won't die. Now not only is judgment coming down from heaven, with God exacting his wrath on those left behind during the tribulation, but also, all hell will also attack those that are left. Think about that for a second. Uh, that should get your attention and my attention. You don't want to be here. And the good news is you don't have to be. All you got to do is call on the Lord, ask the Lord to save you. He'll save you, and you'll never have to worry about this. Notice what it says. Jump down to verse 13. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour and a day, and a month and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000. And I heard the number 
of them. The sixth trumpet judgment will be that the Euphrates River is going to dry up and that is going to lead or gain entry from an army of 200 million to come against Israel. So there's going to be all of this taking place plus just as the Lord told us that there would be wars and rumors of wars. But he also told us that are his, let not your heart be troubled. We shouldn't be troubled. Because we know where we're going. Now, turn over if you would, a couple chapters over to chapter 12. We're going to look at the bowl judgment just for a few minutes. I said 12, didn't I? I'm sorry. Sixteen, please. I'll wake up here. Revelation 16. Bold judgments, vile judgments. Revelation 16. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped who? The Antichrist, his image. Some type of cancerous sore. That is going to be on those. And did you get what he said? That had received the mark of the beast and upon them which worship his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea and it became as the blood of a dead man and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel pointed out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, Because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. And thou hast given them blood to drink. For they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say. Even so Lord God almighty. True and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat. And blasphemed the name of God which hath Power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. Listen, think about this. All of those that will be left behind to go through the tribulation, and they see all of the judgments of God, the trumpet judgments, the vile judgments, and everything that is taking place, you would think that they would recognize who God is. You would think that they would fall on their knees and repent. And seek forgiveness. But no. They aren't going to repent at all. All they do is gnash their teeth against God. Mm. Isn't that amazing? And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast and his kingdom. Was full of darkness. And what they do? They gnawed their tongues in pain. 
and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to do battle of that great, of that great day of God Almighty. Now, go back to our text for a second. Those are the judgments that's going to take place. Now I want you to understand. Excuse me just a second as I get to my text. Mark 13. I want you to understand. That. During the tribulation. Just as the Antichrist is there. The one world leader. And he's going to desecrate the temple. There is a false prophet. And the false prophet. Who's going to run the one world religion. Is going to perform many miraculous signs and wonders. In fact the Bible says over in Revelation. That the Antichrist is going to be wounded unto death. But he will recover. And the false prophet is going to put an image in the Holy of Holies and literally command everybody to bow and worship that emblem of the Antichrist. And the thing is, again, he's a false prophet and he's going to be using the power of Satan himself to cause that image of the Antichrist To move and to speak. And understand many people are going to see that during that time. And they're going to be deceived. Like no other deception that's ever taken place. You say, well, preacher, what you're saying then is pretty much everybody's done. There's no one going to be saved. No, there will be a remnant of Jews and Gentiles saved. How do I know? Because the Bible tells us that God has chosen 144,000 Jewish evangelists that will go throughout the world, the nations of the world, and share the gospel. And some will be saved. But it's just going to be a remnant. It's just going to be a remnant. But the Bible says that Those are they that came out of great tribulation of every race, kindred, nation, and tongue. There will be some saved. You say, well, are they the chosen, the 144,000? We'll get to that in a second. Notice. And except... Verse 20, that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he has shortened 
the days. Now, you say, well, who's the chosen? Who's the elected? Well, first of all, the Lord's church have been elected and chosen by God to go and spend eternity with Him in heaven. So it can't be them that he's talking about because, or us, let's say us, those that know the Lord as Savior and belong to his church, because we're out of here. The 144,000 that are chosen and sealed and protected by God till the gospel is proclaimed around the whole world, and then they, die, they are taken to heaven. So it's not them. So the elect, the chosen that he's talking about here, are those that are going to come out of the great tribulation, Jews and Gentiles alike, that during the time of the tribulation, they come to know Christ. But listen, you know what's going to happen, right? If you're left here during the tribulation, and then you call on the name of the Lord and you get saved, you know what's going to happen? They're going to kill you dead. You're going to be killed. But that's okay because absent from the body is present with the Lord. You'll go to heaven. But it's going to be hard. And there ain't going to, you know, the Bible says in all, I think it's Revelation 13. Let's see. Go to Revelation chapter 13. Real quick and then we'll come back. Give me five more minutes, y'all, and we'll be done. Look at verse 8. Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth, talking about during the tribulation, shall worship him. Who? The Antichrist, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Listen, there's going to be a great deception many people left behind will be deceived and notice what the Lord said as we finish up and except that the Lord had shortened those days in other words he's talking about listen had the Lord God not done that no one absolutely no one would have survived no flesh should be saved but for the elect's sake whom he hath chosen he's Shorten the days. And then look at verse 21. And then if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not. For false Christ and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. Take heed. Take heed, beloved. Behold, I have foretold you all things. During that time there will be false prophets and there will be false Christs that claim that they are the Messiah. And people will be searching, seeing all of these terrible judgments falling upon the world. They will be searching. And the devil is going to deceive them into believing those false prophets, those false Christs. And Jesus is warning 
everyone left behind, especially the house of Israel. Don't get hooked. Don't follow these false teachers and prophets because they're going to lead you to hell. Now, we live in a time today, and I'm going to hush. We live in a time today where cults today are flourishing. Seems like our fundamental Baptist churches are shutting the doors. It's amazing to me. I would have never thought. But the Bible tells us that there will come a great falling away. Understand, the reason that those cults thrive, and I'm talking about Mormons, I'm talking about Jehovah Witnesses, I'm talking about all the cults that are out there in the world today. The reason they thrive is they are preaching a lie that God will accept you, you can live any way you want to, and all God wants you to do is behave and just be good and you can go to heaven. Well, the problem is there is no man, woman, boy, or girl that is good. The Bible tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none good, no, not one. Read Romans chapter 3. It'll make it pretty clear. But yet they thrive with these lies and they suck people in believing that they're accepted. And people are looking just to be accepted. Well, we can be accepted by God, but we got to come to Him on His terms. We have to be born again. We can only come to Him, be reconciled to Him by His Son's sacrifice 2,000 years ago on a cross by faith. You see, it's through Christ that you and I are justified before God. It's not because of who we are or how good we have been. Now, I'm going to close with this. This time is in the future. But I believe it's the near future. I believe we're out of here pretty soon. I really do. I just feel it in my spirit. I'm going to get to go to heaven not because of who I am or what I've done. It's because of what Jesus did for me. And I'm going to be, dis- I'm going to be spared from this terrible day. But while I'm here, He's given His Word to me that I might share it with others so that they might be prepared and they might be spared this time of tribulation. You can be saved today if you'll simply come. Spoke with a gentleman on the phone. That poor fella, he's out there in left field. He, he just is. How can I believe in someone I can't see? I said, you see him every day. No, I don't. You see him every day. I go, do you go outside? Well, yes. I said, though, you look around, you see the mountains here, and you see the birds, the trees. I go, that's God. Creation. You see him in creation. 
He goes, no. I said, well, I go, you're going to seem one day. You can either seem as the son of God that takes away the sin of the world and receive him, or you're going to seem at the great white throne judgment where he says, depart from me. You are going to see him. There is a God. Well, God's not white. And I said, well, what color is he? What, what does it matter what color he is? I go, I go, you know what? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, sir. I go, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, God is not white. He's pure. He goes, well, what color is pure? You tell me and we'll both know. But he's pure. He's pure. But I go, I can only tell you that I've seen the Lord. Not personally, not with my own eyes, visually, never seen him. But when I pick up the word of God, he reveals himself to me. And I see him through the eyes of what we call faith. And then he asked me, he goes, well, what's faith? I said, it's trust. It's trust. I just trust that he is. I go, let me tell you, if he can take a drunk and change his life, he can do the same for anyone. And I go, I know he's real because that's what he did for me. He says, well, I don't, he goes, I'm not going to argue with you. He goes, I've talked to different preachers. And he goes, they never could answer me. And I said, well, I go, you may not like what answer I have for you, but you need Jesus. I want to invite you to church. Well, I might do that. I hope he does. I hope he comes through the door. But he's out there. But you're going to find that. And the sad thing is, if the Lord returns in our lifetime, which I feel he's going to, I think we're the generation, if he doesn't repent and receive Christ, he's going to be left. And he's going to see things like never, ever seen before on earth. Those judgments when they're poured out would scare me to death. But the devil is going to blind those left behind so bad that they're not even going to repent. In fact, they're going to blaspheme God. The Bible says in Revelations that they will cry for the mountains to cover them from his face. So what are you saying? It's going to be real hard to get saved. Why not get saved now? That way you'll be prepared for the rapture. And if he doesn't come before you die, you're prepared for heaven. Why not do that? Won't you call on the Lord this morning?